New Testament, the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Why there is a hell. Matthew 25. And there'll be a scripture in the Old Testament I'll get to before we close out, but uh, we'll just save that for later. Matthew 25, beginning with verse number 40. Are you there? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hunger or thirst or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto you. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Lord, help me this day, God, preach your word. I am believing, dear God, that this is not going to be just a, uh, a rampage. This is not going to be the uh, rantings of a, uh, someone that is mean. But God, this is going to be your word going to your people this day. In Jesus' name, amen. General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said he feared the church would fall into three different errors, and here was what he feared would come that the church would eventually start preaching. Salvation without regeneration, meaning salvation without being born again. I worked years ago with Jehovah Witness, and I told him, I said, Harold, you need to be born again. And he looked at me and with just a quizzical look and said, what? Born again? What is that? And I said, You've been a Jehovah Witness your whole life, and you're acting like, I just made this term up. Jesus was the one that said, you must be born again. You must be born again. To preach salvation without regeneration, Booth was fearful that the church would start preaching faith without repentance. And the third thing he said was, he was fearful the church would preach heaven without a hell. And for years, I've heard preachers say, Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. And furthermore, if you want to get just a rundown of where the Bible, the ratio of this is, the word heaven is, is spoken of 582 times. The word hell is mentioned 54 times. But I do want to make this very clear. The son of the living God, the greatest person that's ever lived on this planet, spoke way, way more about heaven than he did hell, but he did speak about hell. 
And I will tell you, I am not a sense and sensibility type person, and I'm not super refined, and I'm not ultra cultured, but what I do have of those things, hell just kind of goes against it. It's hard for me to imagine sometimes. But I believe that there is a hell because the Bible says so. And I know that there are people that have wished it away. They have thought, well, it just no, that's not what God's saying, that it's really not a place of punishment, even though that is exactly what the Bible says. And these same people that will say, well, you know, I've, I've looked it over and I've stayed out, and I just really don't think God meant that. They never say, never, 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 never have I ever heard any of them say, you know that street of gold that the Bible talks about in heaven? That's really not gold. You know those gates of pearl the Bible talks about in heaven? That's really not pearl. You know the precious stones that God used for the foundation of the city? Twelve different precious stones. That, they're really not precious stones. I've never heard that said about heaven, but definitely I've heard over and over again the bad things about hell. Well, God just used that as a figment of speech or just something to, to, to spark our interest. No, it is a real, literal place. I am not happy to say that, but I believe the Word of God, and God is bigger and smarter than me and all of us combined, and there is a reason for hell. We now have a little dog at our home which says some things about me. Because I've said for years, when my kids growing up, they wanted a dog. No, we ain't having no inside dog. And what dogs we did have were totally retarded. <laughs> and somebody said that's always a reflection of the owner. <laughs> but Jaden wanted the dog, an inside dog. And I, you know, I figured... Walt Steele, he's a cool guy, and he's got an inside dog. I think I could get an inside dog. So we agreed to get an inside dog. The cutest little dog you've ever seen. A cockapoo. Named Charlie. Here's where I'm going to go at with this sermon. About hell. Talking about Charlie. <laughs> if we had a mouse in our house, and I'm not saying we do, but chances are we do. Monty Dash always said every house has got a mouse. And Kay said ours don't, and Monty says, oh, yes, it does. And Kay said, it does not. He goes, yes, it does. Kay goes, I'm telling you, Monty, our house doesn't have a mouse. And Monty goes, yes, it does. <laughs> but if we set a mouse trap for the mouse, and we heard, snap. And it's like, yeah. Got the mouse. But if we set the mouse trap, and instead of snap, we got the mouse. It went snap. And immediately, yeah, 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 
I would not be going, yeah, we got the man. I'd be going, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> I've got a warm spot in my heart for Charlie. And the reason my reaction would be that way is because the mousetrap was not made for Charlie. Mouse, yes. Charlie, oh no! That's a perfect illustration of why there's a hell. The scripture that I read to you was this, and you gotta, you gotta watch this now, and I want you to get this with me, where it says that depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his there you go. God created the angels. Becky, can you give me that up there on the screen? Number one, God created the angels. God created, now you may have never thought of this, but this stands to reason. Of however many angels there are, one-third was in this group, and one-third was in this group, and one-third of the angels was in this group. One-third of the angels was with Gabriel, and they are messenger angels. That's what they do. That's what they do. One-third of the angels was with Michael. They are warring angels. Anytime in the Old Testament where God sent angels and they wiped out somebody and they wiped out an army, and I love that one scripture where it says the Amalekites, after the angel of the Lord appeared and destroyed them, it says in the morning, they all woke up dead. I love that scripture. <laughs> I like that. That was Michael and the one-third. And then there was one-third of the angels that was with Lucifer. So there, number one, God created the angels. Number two, God made a place called hell. Adam and Eve and all their offspring are not on this planet. It was created for who? The devil and his angels is what the Bible says right there. Number one, God created the angels. Number two, God made a place called hell. Number three, Knowing the nature of God, God forewarned the angels of a place called hell. Number four, Lucifer attempted an overthrow of God, him and one-third of the angels with him. We can read that in Isaiah chapter 14, where the Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? You are cut down to the ground. You weaken the nations. You have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. He was on this earth. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above God's. I will go above the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And the Bible said, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell and to the sides of the pit. 
Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning to the earth. Number five, God must keep his word. God must keep his word. And number six, God created mankind. Now I want to back up and I want to hit one thing in the book of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. In Lucifer attempted an overthrow. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. I personally feel that there was a race of people on this planet before Adam and Eve ever got here. And the devil subdued that with his subtlety and with his deception. We've already read it there in, in Isaiah chapter 14. There were cities, there were people groups that were there. And he overthrew them and then said, I will go and I will overthrow heaven. This is why God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. That's what it says. Replenish the earth. But that's really another thing. Now, number six, God created man. And number seven, the devil tempted Adam and Eve with the exact same sin that made him fall. The sin of pride. I will exalt, I will exalt, I will exalt, I will do these things, I will be the one, I will take over heaven, I will be like the most high. The sin of pride, the oldest sin in the universe. And now comes the devil whispering in Eve's ear, you can be like God if you eat the fruit. You don't need to have God telling you, you be the one, you be your own boss. You be the one calling the shots. And number eight, punishment for sin had already been set. God, to be a just God, and people say, preacher, how could a loving God send anyone to hell? Listen to me, he doesn't. He doesn't. Anyone that goes to hell goes there as an intruder. God never purposed and intended for any of his creation to go to hell, not one. He made it for the devil and his angels. And halfway through the book or halfway through the Old Testament, the Bible says there came a time when God had to enlarge hell. Why was that? Because man had fell into the same trap. Remember the mouse trap. He fell into the same trap that the devil had fell into. And what happened? He had to go to a place that was not God's purpose and God's intention for him ever to go there. You go there as an outsider. You go there as an intruder. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, what I read in Matthew 25 is talks about the least of these. 
If you've been paying any attention at all, and I say that meaning that, let me back up. In the last week, Jared Loeffner, who shot the senator there from Arizona, that happened maybe a year ago, I think that's had 15,000 places in the paper that that's been in in newsprint and online. 15,000. The abortion doctor in Philadelphia, that's had 1,500, and that's just happened now. 15. So, no, it's not like that you're going to hear and read about this all over the news, even though you should. Because some saying, oh, it's just a localized matter. No, this is a national matter. This man, let me go through some statistics here. Kermit Gosnell, the Philadelphia clinic that he runs, 10,000 abortions last year. That's one clinic. That's 835 abortions a week. Last week, Logan preached and said, what we're doing, we're defining and changing the words and trying to define the meaning and change the difference of it. Now they call it a fetus when everybody knows it's an unborn human being. And this man in his office, has little jars of what it's formaldehyde, I think is what it is, and, and in these little jars of formaldehyde are little bitty feet that's floating around in there, and another jar, little bitty hands. Now, why would he do that? Let me tell you something some of you won't like. The reason he does that is because there is evil in this world. And that's evil. Partial birth abortion is what this man does as well to where just the head is born and he take, and I know this is gruesome and this is awful, but this is going on in America of all places. Where, wait a minute, wait, don't clap. And then he takes a scissors and plunges into the spinal cord of that child and then the partial birth abortion and then the baby is born and sometimes the child's not even dead then. And they let it just, they let it just die. Let me just go a little further here. Our president, when he was our senator of this fair state, voted for partial birth abortion three times. Oh, that's politics. People, we better wake up and take some type of stand. The Gosnell Clinic there in Philadelphia went uninspected for 17 years. And things would now come to light as a man walked in there from the state and looked it over. The defibrillator didn't even work. And the exit bar had been locked where they could not get out of any way except when the way they entered. You know, maybe we should have built a women's health care clinic out back and they would have given us a million dollars and nobody would ever inspected it. But instead, we're trying, to put a, we're trying to put up a kid's camp and they've got to inspect us three or four different times to make sure that we're doing it right. You're on your soapbox. You know I am. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
It's sad. America, the greatest nation on earth, and we've been lulled to sleep. Lulled to sleep. We're the little frog in the water that if you would have, if it would have been a boil and threw the frog in, the frog would have jumped right out. But instead, it was lukewarm and brought it to a boil and boiled the frog to death. That's where we're at. We're being boiled to death and don't even realize it. Let's go back to the mousetrap. Why forgiveness for mankind and not for the angels that fell? Two reasons. Number one, the angels that fell were not created in God's image. We are. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. The only way the devil has to get at God and try to poke his finger in God's eye is for a human being to live and die without God and have to go to hell. That's the only way the devil has to get at God. The only way. The only way. Number two, we were tempted to sin. The devil and one-third of those angels were not tempted. They collectively made up their mind that this is what we'll do. We'll take over. We'll take over heaven. And God had already said this is the punishment. And God being a just God, those ones that had disobeyed that rule, they went to hell. Now, let's shift gears here. Let me show you something. You all know this one. Give me number nine. We all know that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We'll give you three points here and I'm going to close. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21. For he, meaning God, has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin. Number one, Jesus became sin. You know where God looked at the mousetrap and said, no, I don't want anyone to fall into the mousetrap, meaning hell. I don't want anyone to sin. I don't want anyone to go that way. Jesus became, we all know that he was the sin offering. Jesus became sin. Every vile, wicked sin that's ever been committed was poured out upon Jesus. This was all upon him. Sure, we know that his blood that was poured out became a sin offering, but first, all of that vile sin was poured out upon Jesus. We don't have the mind to comprehend that. Every child abuser, every abortionist, every drug addict, every drunkard, every person that would beat his wife, all of that was poured out upon Jesus. And then, of course, in Hebrews 9, Jesus put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And now, number three, 
I want you to go to Acts chapter 2. I want you to underline this if you haven't underlined it. Acts chapter 2, verse 31. Now remember those three things. Jesus became sin. Jesus became our sin offering. And number three, Jesus went to hell for every human being that's ever been born. Preacher, I've never heard that before. Here it is. He, meaning David, saw this before, and he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. Jesus went down and tasted hell for every human being. As much as God didn't want anyone to fall into the mousetrap, to fall into the trap, into the pit, God's Son willingly went there so that none of us would have to. When I hear people say that, just glibly say, oh, well, God would never send anyone to hell. God sent his son to the cross, and then his son tasted hell for every human being so that we wouldn't have to. And if you die lost and go to hell, how sad. How sad. When God has done everything he possibly can to get you into heaven. To get you into heaven. And I am as sure as standing here today that I, if I would die, if I die right now in the midst of this sermon, all the finance team would go, yay, we get a big check. <laughs> I'm as sure if I die right here during this sermon, I would go immediately to heaven. Oh, that's because you're a preacher. Don't have nothing to do with it. Nothing, 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 nothing. It has everything to do with, I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. It has everything to do with that. And God does not want me to fall into the mousetrap. If I snap. Oh, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. God don't want anyone to fall into that trap. So he made a way of escape. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And any person that goes to hell goes there as an intruder because it was made for the devil and his angels. Let's all stand. Lord, we know that your blood, thank God, covers every sin and stain. Thank God. And Lord, all we do is say, yes, I receive that. What a plan. What a way of escape. What a way of escape. You so loved us. You so loved us. You didn't want to see any of us to fall into that trap. You so loved us. And Lord, this morning, if there's anyone, even, even one, even one, Lord, you died for all, but Lord, you died for everyone. You died for each and every one. If there's anyone here this morning, but they are not sure of their salvation. They're not sure that if they would die 
if they would go to heaven or hell. Lord, we can know, we can know, we can know that so profoundly within our life, so assuredly within our life because of your grace. Touch people's hearts here this day. Lord, maybe they've been praying for a loved one. God, reignite that within their life to, to see that loved one, to see them saved this year. For God, we don't want to see anyone miss out on what you have for their life. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Come on. Come on, if you're here this morning, on this very first verse, very first verse, very first verse that Carlin's going to sing, if you have a need this morning for salvation, on this very first verse, I want you to come forward. The way's already been made. Jesus went to the cross, and then Jesus literally went to hell, tasted that, so no human being would have to. All we got to do is trust in Jesus. Come on. Come on. Thank God. have a need for prayer, balcony, a main floor, from the east to the west, whoever it is, if you've got a need for prayer, come on, come on.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.